Welcome, hello, this is Apostolic Truth Today, and my name is Derek, the host of the show. And for those that don't know, this is a podcast. the 2nd of January, and it is my pleasure, and I am very ecstatic to release the newest episode of Apostolic Truth today. Uh, for those that who may be watching, hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, wherever you are, whether you be working out, uh, cooking dinner, um, just being busy and, and just taking the time to listen in, I, I very much appreciate it. And it definitely does not go unnoticed. So whatever your uh, new year, however your new year may be going, uh, whatever you may in fact be doing, hopefully it's, it's, it's going good and that this new year will bring forth abundant blessings and that it may be a joyous year for you going forward. But today's episode is going to be something that I taught at an earlier time going over what kind of light we need to shine, or whose light we need to shine. It was a teaching that I, I had taught about six months prior uh, over at my uncle's church, and I do feel uh, led to go ahead and touch base on this once again, and I feel like it's very crucial starting this year, new year with this uh, new vision. Now, starting off reading in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even unto Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will not turn aside and see his great sight, why this bush is not yet burnt. And we're going to go ahead and put a pin in that, and we're going to get back to it going forward. So we know 2020 was a year of a lot of uh, unprecedented times. It was a time of, of uncertainty. It was a time where there was a lot of mass panic, and there was a lot of fear and disunity going on within that year. And there was a time of financial instability. It was a time of darkness. It seemed to encompass that year, and it seemed to continually spread. The agendas were being pushed um, being, you know, division amongst uh, races. It seemed to be like there was just division being pushed amongst uh, our, our churches. It seemed like there was division between uh, the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, and still learning the coronavirus is not really going anywhere anytime soon. You know, we're in 2021. And, you know, we want this to be a good year. We want this to be a blessed year. But the thing is, the coronavirus doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And a lot of our problems aren't just going to magically vanish. They're not just going to randomly vanish. What we do need to do is going forward is, is to realize what we need to do going forward. What we can do to help better make this a year uh, devoted to God and to make this a year a blessed year. Um, aligning it, it to, to God's will.
you know, there, there was looting, there was violence, there was a lot of killing going on. Police officers at, at one point, if not continual, are being spat on and being called unnecessary names by some. Uh, some people have even tried to defund the police. There's power trying to be stripped away, leaving civilians helpless and defenseless. And in 2021, like I said, I'll say it again, it's not really going anywhere. These things are continually to be pressed. These things are continually uh, happening. We just have to focus on the positive. We have to focus on what's true and to continue to move forward. So that's why I'm saying this. The, the point is I'm trying to make is that what we were living in and what we're continuing to live in is dark times. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of perversion and, and works that are not of God that are being pushed and Satan's agenda is creeping in behind the scenes. And, you know, for a lot of us that, that love God and are seeking after God, we're in the state where we, we do love him and we do his work. But also within the season, you know, or within 2020, we've started to slow down. We've, became, we've become distracted with everything going on, with news, with with the agenda, with uh, entertainment, whatever it may be, there's just been so much distraction from every direction. And a lot of us don't know what to do within this darkness that seems to be creeping in from every, every side all around us. And with all these distractions, it doesn't make it any e easier to have a clear vision of what to do next. So what do we do? Well, we can't stop moving when we get distracted we can't stop moving and allow ourselves to get distracted with the things of this world because we don't know what to do. And if we don't know what to do, the last thing we could do is, the last thing we should do is to stop moving and to stop doing. And what I mean by that is, you see, Moses was a man of God. He had a mark on his life, and even though he grew up an Egyptian, there was something within him where he knew he was different and there was something deep down that told him he was not an Egyptian. And with that, he saw an Egyptian beating on an Israelite that sparked something within him that caused him to slay the Egyptian and leave for Midian. And us too, you know, we may be of this world, but, you know, we were born again. For those, that, for those of us that know God, we may live in this world, but we are not of this world. Even when we were younger, I don't know if you ever felt that feeling when you were young, when you saw all, all this junk going on around you, there was almost like this pressing and a pulling. It's like, you know better, you know different. You, you, you felt like you had a calling. You felt like you had a deeper purpose. You may have lived in this world, but you knew you were not of this world. You were, you were different. Something was, was not the same, you know, so just like Moses, that he saw an Egyptian beating on an Israelite that had sparked something within him that caused him to slay the Egyptian and leave for Midian, that same realization should cause a spark in us as well, that things aren't going to be the same, that I'm not going to be the same, that I'm going to focus all my drive and my attention on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to go ahead and do his work, whatever he's asking of me, whatever he wants of me, I'm going to go ahead and in fact do it because that is my reason reasonable sacrifice that is that is that is such a small thing that i can do to help push god's agenda going forward when we've got a worldly agenda pushing from every corner let 2021 be a year where there's much change let 2021 be the year that we allowed god to use us to the fullest capacity to the fullest um <laughs>
For God called Moses. He had set him apart. And just like Moses, he has called you and I. And we are part of a chosen people. A righteous priesthood. We are not called to sit back and let the phone ring, hoping someone else will pick up that call. But no, we have to pick up that call. For God is ringing for you. God is is asking for you. He wants your talents. He wants your abilities. He wants your voice. And this time, we just need to pick up the call. Whether we're old, whether we're young, we have something that God can and wants to use. For Moses did not really know what to do, but he did do But what he did do was stay sensitive to God's voice. And with that, he allowed him to direct him. He allowed him to lead him. And with that same thing, there's something about it when God uses the ordinary things to bring forth the extraordinary. There's something about it when God uses the ordinary things to bring forth the extraordinary. And unpinning that verse we started in the beginning, when we're looking back at Exodus chapter 3 verse 2, It says the bush was just a plain old bush up on a mount. So what made it extraordinary? Well, what made it extraordinary was the fact that it seemed to be burning yet remained whole. This was just a normal bush, but God had used it to bring forth the extraordinary. With God and His Spirit and God and His trying fire, it became an ordinary. So you see, God uses the ordinary to bring forth the unordinary or the, 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 uses the ordinary things to bring forth the exceptional things of his nature. It became unordinary because God had used it. God had used forth the normal to bring forth the unnormal, the exceptional. So let's, let's go ahead and, and tap in that vein. I've been doing a little bit of, of, of studying on that, on that same thing, and it, and it should speak to you, and it should speak to you strongly that God uses the smaller things to bring forth His mighty works. That God used an ordinary bush to speak through. That God used a donkey to speak through. That God uses the small things, even like Israel being one of the smallest nations out there, being some of the smallest people. He used them to bring forth and to be His mighty people. He always uses the small things to bring forth the big things for his purpose. And we'll look into that in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. It says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or in the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So when Samuel was looking for a king, for the people of Israel wanted a king, and Samuel was looking for a king, God was instructing him, look not on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. He said, look on the, don't look on the outward appearance, but the, for the Lord looketh on the heart. See, we too many times, we, we look at who seems to fit the part, who seems to be the strongest, who seems to be the best well-spoken, who seems to have it all right and all right and perfect, who seems to have it all together. Who do we think would best meet the fit? Who do we think would best fit the mold. But we're looking at it all wrong. What does God want? God wants to use for the sensitive heart. God wants to use these small things, the weak things, 
so his grace and his abundance and his his glory can can shine through because if he was to use the strong where would god get the glory it's when he uses the weak it's when he uses the weak the lord said unto gideon the people that are with thee are too many for, we, for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand hath saved me. And that's in Judges chapter 7, verse 2. With Gideon, he had 32,000 people starting off the battle. And they were already at a disadvantage, but God said, That's too many. And Gideon, in his mind, was like, That's crazy. We already have less troops than, than the other. And, and, and that's, that's too many? And, and God believed so. He wanted... It to be said that only he brought forth the victory and not that man could say it of, of, of themselves. So he brought it down to 10,000 and that was too many. And he brought it down to 300 men. When men look at that, they would see a severe disadvantage. But when what God saw is an opportunity for his glory, for his light to shine. And guess what? He did, and they won the battle that day. And it was given unto God, for man couldn't say on that day that they won the battle outside of God, for God brought forth that victory. So when you think of yourself, whoever may be listening to this podcast is, you're not too weak. You may not have everything lined up perfectly. You may not necessarily feel like you fit the part, but if you believe you have a calling and God's directing you into a certain area, there's a reason for it because God wants to use forth what you have and what you lack to bring forth his glory. In your weakness, he will bring forth strength and he has called you to do something that you may not even seem comfortable doing, but that's okay because God will make up the difference. God will make meet you with where you're at and he will bring forth a mighty increase way more and way higher than you ever had saw possible or however more you envisioned possible all through his name and not of ourselves. So God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're speaking. God, I thank you, Lord, for your strength. And God, I thank you, Lord, for using us, for choosing us of all people. I thank you and I give you all the praise. It is all yours, Jesus. And like I was saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is then made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And this was, and this was Paul speaking. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in my weakness. Where I'm weak, where I seem to not be able to make the mark, where I seem to, to not be strong, and therefore God can bring forth his strength. God can bring forth his glory. God can bring forth his power that it rests upon us, that we be beyond ourselves and that we touch people's lives, that we speak to people's lives through our testimonies, through things that we've gone through, that we teach and we preach and we show people the truth all within our current state. You know, we try to do better and we're going to do better, but in our weakness, God brings forth his strength. And lastly, when in talking in this line of scripture, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of this world 
to confound the things which are mighty. If we're going to look at the New Living Translation of that, it says instead, God chose things of this world that, that people considered foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. You know, when those that say they're mighty, those that say they are big, those that say they are powerful, he uses the powerless to shame and to confound those that have all this power. And he uses the foolish things in order to shame those who think they are wise and smart in their own eyes. You see, God is greater. God is mightier than anything that we can do, anything that we can think of. When men think that they're wiser and stronger than God, that is the greatest downfall and that is the greatest weakness that we could ever get ourselves aligned with. For without God, we are weak. No matter what we have on this world, no matter how big our ego gets, without of God, we have nothing. There is emptiness. There's a reason why people are never satisfied with things of this world. There's a reason why people are always depressed and people always are feeling empty and people are always continuing to press and getting more money and getting more fame and it's never enough because they don't have the answer. They don't have what can fill the void and that is through Jesus Christ and he will give us our strength and he will give us our abundance. It is all through him. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. You know, David, it didn't look like he was going to be able to fight Samson. Samson was a mighty man of war. He carried a spear weighing, I think it was 12.5 pounds, if not 14 pounds. Well, nope, 15 pounds. His armor weighed 125 pounds. This man was big. This man was tall. This man had muscles probably the size bigger than my whole body. You know, but this man was massive. And then David came up and, and he seemed like a, 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 a small shepherd boy that watched the flock. And, and Samson, you know, had, had laughed at him and had laughed at him because he, he had brought forth a, a stick and he brought forth his um his sling in the rocks and 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 he he was he was being laughed at that that he was going to kill him and he was going to send him to the fowls and the beasts of the air and the ground and and David said no for I've God with me that's going to be you Samson that's going to be you for God is fighting my battle I don't have to worry I don't have to fret for you seem strong you seem mighty and I may look weak but guess what God's going to use me and he did. He smote Samson. He smote Samson with the little stones in the sling. And he cut off his head. God used himself. Jesus. God brought forth flesh. He used weak flesh. He used weak humanity to bring forth his glory. Jesus dwelled within humanity. He used the weak things to bring forth his mighty and greatest victory for humankind. God used a bush. God used Paul, who had a thorn in his flesh, who, who gloried in his infirmities. When realized he was weak, he was made strong. Samson, within his time of greatest weakness, God brought forth his greatest victory. 
when he had his eyes plucked out, when he had no strength and he was set in between the pillars, by his faith he gained strength and his weakness and he killed more in that time than he killed in his entire life because God brought forth his greatest strength when he was in his greatest weakness and he had his faith in God and God alone. There was no arrogance anymore. He was in a time of weakness and he said, God, I need you. Help me. Give me the strength to take them down and to get revenge for what they've done unto me. And God answered that prayer and the, the tower fell down. So if you see a common theme is God uses those that may not seem mighty, that may seem weak, to bring forth the extraordinary. God uses the ordinary to bring forth the extraordinary. <laughs> and Moses had that same fire deep within himself, telling him he was far from ordinary. A fire within himself that told him he was no Egyptian. But he had a calling. He didn't know what it was to do, but he... But he knew he could not stay where he was. Let it not be said about us that, that we're nothing but like everybody else. Let it not be said of us that we talked like the world, that we dressed like the world, that we walked like the world, listened to and watched that was pleasing to our flesh like the world. No, in Jesus' name, let it be said that we are different. Just like Moses in that burning bush, we are far from ordinary. And that there is this fire built up within us telling us that we can't stay here, waiting around for things to go back to normal or for change. But we can't remain doing what we were doing last year. We can't remain doing what we are doing before. If we want to change this world, if we want to change the people around us in our current atmosphere, then let God operate within us. And you being part of, of that desired change. And for that, just like Moses knowing he was staying in Egypt, deep down knowing he was an Egyptian, let us realize this too is not our home. With a pressing, I can't stay here. I can't remain in the world any longer. There's got to be change. There's got to be difference. There's got to be something that I can do. God, let your light shine through me because things can't stay the way they were. I'm going to have to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to have to do some things that my flesh just not, might not want to do. But no matter what it takes, I cannot stay here. God, I need your light. God, I need your strength. Help me, Lord, when my flesh and my my humanity fail me. When I don't feel like doing these things, God, give me the strength and the drive to continue to do them all in your name and for your kingdom. For change to take place within us, from without us, there has got to be separation. Separation from this world. Separation from darkness. Things not of the light. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea, who, whoever's listening to this podcast, that, that we're saying that you can't hang out with anybody that doesn't know truth, that you can't help disciple people, that those that, that don't have truth... And you can't be friends with people that don't have truth. It's not. It's saying to not be unequally yoked. Yoked is, is put together. Don't be equally bound or put together with people that are that are unbelievers. You know, if if you're if you're hanging with, okay, let's think of it like this. 
if your friend invited you to, let's say, a party, and, and you were the only one going, do you think that would be wise to go when there might be alcohol, when there might be a drugs, when there might be a lot of partying and dancing going on? And, and, and in that instance, it's not necessarily wrong to hang out with your friend, but to be part of that darkness, to be influenced by those things that are not of light. I would say that that wouldn't be the wisest thing to do. So what have us being righteous with unrighteousness? We need to be separated from the darkness. We need to be separated by the things that aren't of the light, that things are not of God. So what have light with darkness? Meaning we need to have separation, not necessarily from people because you know God save, came to save the lost. God sa- came to save those that need a physician, those that are that are sinners, and I'm a sinner myself, and I need Jesus, but we can't get to a place where we think that we're holier than thou, we're more righteous than thou, and that's not the case. You know, I need Jesus just as much as you need Jesus, so we need to just be careful and have a separation from things that are dark. You know, we can mention pornography, we can mention heavy drinking, we can we can bring in drugs, we can bring in uh, sexual spirits, sexual immorality, things, things of, of disgusting intent. We can bring up um, beating, uh, killing. There's a lot of there's a lot of sick things going on. Uh, homosexuality. We 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 love people, and we can never get to a place where we hate people because that's not of God. We love people. We hate sin. Sin is not of God. So we abhor sin. We have separation from sin, but not necessarily from people because we, are, we, we, we have to commune with people. We have to be an example to people and let light, God's light shine and let people see that. So if we weren't around people, where can we really be the influence? And to better, to better illustrate that, you know, if you were to light a candle, you know, everything around that candle would cast a shadow, would have some form of, of, of a connection with a shadow. But there is something interesting. That light brings forth no shadow. There is no darkness encompassing it. There is no connection of that fire with darkness. So to, just to, you know, God has no fellowship with darkness. God has no darkness connecting him. There is no shadow that is brought forth from God and us too having God's light dwelling within us, having God's light changing us. Us too, we need to have no connection with darkness for we need not to cast a shadow. Anything that that might be vile, anything that might not be good, we need to get rid of it. Anything that we might have a pressing or a concern about and we just haven't been able to do it. Any Anytime we've had a feeling or conviction on something and we've just ignored it, let's not ignore it. Let's get rid of it. Let us not have any fellowship with darkness. If there's a movie, if there's something that we're playing in our house that just isn't right, if... if and there's one thing about hearing it outside. There's one thing about hearing other people do it. But when you bring something to your house, you're allowing that into your house. All this heavy cursing, all these having heavy sexual acts, all the, the this these heavy um, these heavy themes. Is is it right to bring into your house? You know that's that's for you to that's between you and God. But at the end of the day, you know let us not have any fellowship with darkness. Let us not have any fellowship with darkness. 
just like that bush. We, we're the unordinary. We're the ordinary. And there's that fire dwelling within us, making us the unordinary, making the extraordinary, being his spirit. There is something that people take notice of when they are walking around in the darkness in this day and in this hour, and that is the light. They're like, there's got to be something different about that person. There's got to be something different about that individual. Why do I feel something different about him? Well, it's that light that they're feeling. It's that light that's being emanated. It's God's fruit and it's God's holiness that is shining through, that makes us different, that shines from within us, that is a byproduct of God's spirit being Jesus, dwelling within us, bringing forth holiness. Like I said, spiritual fruit and a desire for more things of God and for his will in our lives. But we've got to allow his light to change us within us, within our person, which will happen over time. It will be easier to then act and make that difference when we give God permission. God, no matter what happens in my life, I give you permission to move me. I give you permission to change me like a potter in his clay. God, mold me, shape me into your likeness, into what you want of me. I pray against this flesh. I pray against Derek McGee today. I pray against my carnality, my vanity, my will. I give you my will. Whatever you want, God, I pray that you you do it. God, renew in me a fresh heart, a new mind. Let your light shine through me, God. Let them hear your voice. Let them, when I walk, let them see something different. Let there be example. For light hath no fellowship with darkness. And Matthew 5 Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You know, when people see the light of God within us, when people see the difference within us, we're giving God the glory. We're giving God, the Father who is in heaven, all of the glory. He's getting it. We, we don't take any of the credit. People ask, why are you different? It's because of Jesus. Why are you able to do these things? It's because of Jesus. If I'm going to do anything in God, in my weakness, it's because of Jesus. And for Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, For we were sometimes yet in darkness, but now our light in the world. Walk as children of the light. You know, we are born again. We are born of water. We are born of spirit. And we are adopted into his family. We are sons of God for those that have the Spirit. And we have this light within us. And we need to not hide the light under a bushel. We, we need not to cover our light, but let it shine on, on the housetop. Let it shine on the mountaintop. Let people see God's light. For if it's on the mountaintop, it will be cast down to those around us. It will be cast down to the houses around us. It will be there instead of darkness. Where darkness once prevailed, God's light will shine. So we need to let God's light shine through us. For we were pulled from this world. We know we have Jesus' light dwelling within us. We are changed. One would say we are a new creature in Christ taking on His DNA. And the realization of this beautiful thing that needs to be held onto ever so tightly is allowing the light of Jesus to shine ever so brightly. His Word, His Spirit, 
We all know holiness is a byproduct of God working on the inward man or woman that is seen by the external. And the same with the spiritual fruit is how we act on the outside. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. We, we have these things that is a byproduct of God's Spirit dwelling within us. People will see these fruits. People will see these fruit. You know, when everything else is normal, when other people are doing what they're doing, it's this fruit that makes up the difference. They'll see these things. And after God has worked on the inside, I believe we all have this down. And if not, let God work in our heart. We are not saved by works, but a true relationship with the creator that brings forth these perfect works so Derek you might be asking what are you asking of us those listening to this podcast well I believe God is calling us to action I believe God is calling us to move God is calling us no matter if we feel like we're in a time of weakness no matter if we feel like we're insecure in certain areas where we feel like where God's calling us we're not necessarily strong in no, I'm, 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 I'm asking everybody because I feel like I'm being led by God that we need to pick up the call. We need to realize that it's not about our strength that's going to bring forth the victory. It's God's strength. So we give him our weakness. We give him our willingness and God will bring forth the mighty increase. You know, God is calling us to speak and God is calling for true submission. For if we are truly submitted to God's word and to God's voice and his calling over our lives, we'll pick up that call and do what he's asking of us. For we all have a call. We all have a reason as to why we're here. God wants to use us to speak to our co-workers, to speak to our friends, to speak to those that just come in contact with us at the grocery store. If we know not what to do, let's stay in prayer and, and stay in his word for his instruction as, as, as what to do. God, I, I, I don't know what to do. I need you to lead me. God, I don't know where to go. But I believe, Lord, that you'll guide me. I believe that you'll show me as to what I need to do. You know, Proverbs 4, 26, 27 says, Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left, remove thy foot from evil. So before we walk, let's, let's realize, God, I, I need you. Let, let my ways be established. Let's not act rashly. Let's not just jump out. But let God's light shine through. Let God's light guide us. Let God's light instruct us. And let God's word speak to us in prayer and reading. If we know not what to do, always just go back to what we know to do. And that's reading his word. Staying in prayer. Fasting. And and receiving that instruction. So it's not of us. It's not just man and his intellect. Man and his well-speaking. Because that's just man. But if God is involved, it will be mightier than than it could have been before. It will be greater and bring forth more fruit than it would be doing it as the man alone. For with men alone, God is not there. But with God present, God brings the increase. 
For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. For I will instruct thee, and I will teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with mine eye. God is watching. God is seeing what you're doing, and he, he will guide you. He will lead you. He will instruct you. Ponder your feet in, in, in prayer. Let God's word lighten your path as to where we need to go next. We might not have all the answers. We might not have a clear understanding, but each, each step we, we step in faith according to the word of God and in prayer. And God will lead us and God will bring forth his mighty abundance. God will bring forth his will in 2021 and God's light will shine. So then what do we do next going forward? We know that we need to be obedient to God's voice and what he wants of us. We know that we need to be lights in this dark world. And we know that God uses our weakness and the weak things to bring forth his mighty increase and to bring forth the victory. So he gets the glory. So what do we do next? Well, you know, we can stay on the defensive but we need to get a little offensive here. We need to fight against these things, these rulers of darkness, the things of this world that we're fighting against. You know, abortion, homosexuality, these things that are that are evil, these things that were once frowned upon, these one things that once were considered sin are now being brought in and saying that these things are okay, that we're being hateful. No, we don't hate people. Christians don't hate people. We hate sin. We hate sin. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, You know, see, we're fighting this, these spiritual principalities. We are against the powers that be, the wickedness that is spreading, becoming the norm, and against the rulers of darkness that inhabit this world called earth. That may sound discouraging to the average Joe. However, to the children of God that also inhabit this world called earth, we will not go down without a fight. Because guess what, devil? We have more power in one strand of hair than anything you can try to throw at us. You believer that's, that's following after God, you have power. More power than any amount of demons residing in hell or in any of this world can try to muster up. You see, we have power in God. The devil can't fight us. The devil can't do anything. He can just try to discourage us, cause us to believe that we're not good enough, that we're weak. What is the point? But you see, when we decide that in, God, in our weakness that God's glory shines and that we have power over the enemy, there's nothing that he can do to stop us. For we say, devil, get behind us, for you are under our feet, and we have power in the name of Jesus. We can step on scorpions. We can step on snakes and nothing of the enemy or nothing of the rulers of darkness shall come against us for we are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is within you that he that is in the world first John 4 4 says so this is no time to get timid this is no time to feel bad for yourselves you have so much power you just have to believe that God's spirit and God's power dwells within you for there is a time of war so pray on the armor of God and let us fight. 
For behold, I have given you the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says, He may try to discourage you, he may try to come at you, but he cannot harm you, for we have protection in God and God alone. For nothing of this world can keep us. Nothing of this world can bring forth the defense we need, but it is God and God alone. So devil, I pray, pray against the spirit of division. Devil, I pray against the spirit and all your wickedness of oppression. I pray against the spirit of fear that's come upon this world, that's come upon this church. I pray against the spirit of immorality. I pray against the spirit of addiction. You have no place here on this earth and I rebuke you and I bind you in the name of Jesus and I cast you back into the pits of hell for you have no place amongst your people whoever's listening to this podcast i pray that every demon that may have you bound that any chain of addiction that may have you bound i pray that it be loosed in jesus name that there may be freedom that there may be liberty for you to do what you are called to do and that's to be a good steward and to be a good servant unto god and to do what he's asking of you so go forth and do it with this newfound liberty devil you have no place i say get out of here satan i rebuke you once again not in my name not in my power but i do it in the name of jesus i thank you lord i thank you lord i thank you lord (laughs) i thank you jesus i thank you jesus i thank you jesus i thank you lord so let's do that with with that new surety with that new release with that new mindset that i'm going to do forth god's will and i'm going to bring forth god's will in my weakness that god's light is going to shine through in this current time and that i am going to do his work and nothing by any means shall stop me and nothing by any means shall harm me because devil you've got to go devil you have no place within my life devil you have no place within my ministry devil you have no place so i'm asking you no i'm not even asking you i'm telling you to leave my family i'm telling you to leave my friends i'm telling you to get away from my mind and my heart and we say that with boldness and we say that with the power that's within us in jesus name so in season out of season let god use us for remember we're not of this world We don't belong, so let's not pretend to. Let's not please the flesh. Let's not be distracted. For God, we give you everything. We give you our time. We give you our attention. Let not distractions or anything dull his light from shining through. So let's continue to grow in knowledge. Let's continue to grow in him. And let this be an amazing year. This has definitely been a special podcast, and hopefully this stirs you, and hopefully this propels you forward in this new year to to do God's work, you know, teach a Bible study, preach, teach the Word of God, sing, give your testimony to those that are around you and your family, to your coworkers, to your friends, whatever you have around you, whatever place you may be placed in, let God's will be brought forth. So hopefully that encourages you. And this has been another episode of Apostolic Truth today. And uh, have a good one.